This is 100% Ska, your weekly all-ska, all-vinyl, pseudo-radio show, with your host, DJ Ryan Bittman. We're bringing you the finest music for your listening, dancing, and working out pleasure. Find your happy place, crank up the volume, and let the beat pick up your feet.
and welcome. This is 100% Ska. You are listening on a uh, Saturday. Well, I'm recording on a Saturday. Uh, maybe you're listening on a Saturday. Maybe it's Sunday. Maybe it's Monday. It's a long weekend for probably a lot of us. And uh, you just heard Bim Scalabim with uh, Blue. Uh, that's actually off of their uh, their full album. Uh, what was this off of? Dun, 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 dun. Uh, this is off of uh, How's It Going? Uh, but we listened to uh, a split 7-inch that was actually released uh, by uh, No Idea. Uh, that was back in 91, I believe. Uh, we heard that track off of that split 7-inch. Uh, the other side was uh, Stabilizer, which is a, um, I don't know, some punk band that I'm not familiar with. Uh, but uh, this is 100% Ska, not a punk show. And uh, I've got a great show lined up for you. Uh, if you're not already aware, this episode features a uh, lovely interview with Aaron Porter of the Prize Fighters. They just put out a new album this weekend. Oh, excuse me, uh, this weekend, and uh, the uh, the album Firewalk on uh, Jump Up Records. And we're going to be listening to that interview a little bit later. But I thought, uh, and as you'll as you'll hear in the interview, I thought it would be a little bit appropriate uh, to kick off the show with. Uh, some old school Jamaican ska, and uh, so we are going to get right into uh, that music so that we can have a nice full show uh, for you. And uh, I can actually have a little bit of water because I just had a handful of peanuts and I've got some peanut now in my throat. A little TMI for you, and uh, here's a little SKA for you. This is Babu Brooks with Teenage Ska, right here on 100% Ska. Thank you. 
our steps misguide me To the mountains peak, through the burning heat To the end of the world and beyond Ignore my plea and even say no And the mist of day may have to hide thee But my love is strong, my steps can go wrong To the end of the world and beyond Of me it seems you've had your fill Get no rid of me until The nightly shadows dark surrounds me And the silent waters deep confine me And the restless wave be my lonely grave To the end of the world and beyond
welcome back. This is 100% Ska. I am your host, DJ Orion Midnight, and uh, I hope you are having a lovely day whenever and wherever you are listening to this fine podcast. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and uh, streaming. Uh, and to that point, a uh, very special uh, shout-out to a new fan of the podcast, Tommy, uh, listening in, I believe, Vernon, New Jersey, if uh, all of the metadata and uh, secret information that uh, Facebook likes to give us uh, is accurate. Uh, thanks for listening, Tommy, and I uh, hope you keep tuning in. And uh, and now, uh, let me tell you what you just listened, listened to. Uh, finishing off the set there, that was Simmerip with uh, Skinflint coming off of the uh, Moonstomp uh, classic album uh, of theirs. Uh, prior to that, Roland Alfonso with uh, his version of the James Bond theme. Uh, Kendrick Patrick with uh, Beyond before that. And starting off the set was Baba Brooks with Teenage Ska, because when I listen to Ska, I still, it still takes me back to uh, those lovely teenage years uh, in, my, in the 90s, uh, listening and first discovering uh, the genre and finding and discovering all of these bands uh, still to this day. Uh, it is a fun, fine treat to discover a new band. And uh, that did happen uh, for me back in, I think, 2012 is when I first listened to and heard uh, of and listened to uh, the Prize Fighters. And uh, that is who we are going to be listening to an interview with, uh, specifically uh, Aaron Porter, who is the uh, singer, uh, songwriter, and guitarist uh, for the band. And uh, I caught up with him a little bit earlier this week. Uh, on the eve of the release of Firewalk, their second album, which is out on out now on uh, Jump Up Records, uh, it is available on uh, right now for digital streaming, uh, digital download, uh, CD and cassette, and uh, it is going to be uh, out on uh, LP later this year uh, on a uh, to be determined date. So, without further ado, let's listen to uh, Aaron and I talk all things Prize Fighters. Today I'm speaking with Aaron Porter, singer and guitarist for the Prize Fighters on the eve of the release of their second album, Firewalk. And uh, Aaron, uh, first and foremost, thank you for uh, spending some time with me to uh, talk about the band and the uh, and the upcoming album. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, so, just for those that uh, are may not be familiar with the Prize Fighters yet. Um, just, can you give me like just a quick elevator pitch of what the uh, what the Prize Fighters are all about? Uh, well, the Prize Fighters play uh, music inspired by 1960s Jamaican music, so ska, rock, steady, early reggae. You try to do it in a traditional style, but you know, with uh, our own personality to it. I guess you know we're not trying to be Jamaican, but we're playing Jamaican music in a way that gets people from Minnesota. <laughs> can do it as best we can. Mm-hmm. And and you actually, the way that you describe that actually really ties in with how I, when I listen to your, to your, to your records, that is the sound that really comes through is that there, there really does seem to be this like real authenticity to the music, to the sound. You know, I would not be surprised to, you know, to be flipping through like a bunch of like old 45s from the sixties and, and pull out one of your records, listen to it. And, you know, think it's, from 2019 um so that's i mean very very cool from that from that perspective 
when you're when you're recording, is there a way that you are trying to create that sound through the you know, productions or like the, the equipment that you're using? Uh, well, I think uh, the biggest part of it is the way that we track. So we tracked everything live. So all of us playing at the same time, you know, we had to overdub vocals and like some of the second guitar work. But getting that flow of music right, like the there's a, a certain shuffle to it, a certain like half swing or hidden swing to it. Just getting that vibe is the most important thing, I think, when trying to achieve that authentic 60s Jamaican sound because it's something that we've worked really hard on getting playing together as an ensemble but I don't know if there would be other challenges with trying to do it with you know just tracking drums first and then going on top of it there's just there's just such a groove that is critical to lock into I think that's a huge part of it and I've always liked recording that way anyway we recorded everything to tape like an Otari 2 inch machine no 16 channel machine we did all the mixing and analog no pro tools or anything uh, that's a bit of vanity to be perfectly honest but I think it also is great to work with those certain limitations where you can't just load up the production with every single modern tool at your disposal. It forces you to make a lot of the decisions before you go into the studio and, and make sure that what you're putting down is pretty much what you're going to get. That can be a crutch in a lot of ways, especially when you're recording music that was traditionally recorded all in a single take. I think following a similar process is the closest results to that. So one of the things I actually noticed as I was listening to Firewalk is that I recognize that like all the songs are under three minutes. So usually around like the 2.30, 2.45 mark, I think one song might actually crack three minutes. Uh, was that just purely by coincidence or was that an active choice by the band almost to try to emulate the length of the old 45s coming out of out of Jamaica in the 60s? Yeah, it's very intentional. You know, even in some of the rehearsals where we were working on a song and it was deciding like, oh, well, should I have an extra verse here? You know, pull out a stopwatch and, and time it to make sure it doesn't go on super long. And hitting that sweet spot between like two and a half to three minutes is, is perfect. I mean, one, I think that just, it makes it more interesting. It's like, it's a little more of a flash all at once because sometimes I think songs can get a little tedious if they run on too long. But the the other reason that I stick to that formula is Graham Goodall did an interview a while back. For those who don't know, it was a guy who set up a lot of the original studios in Kingston, like Federal Studio, and engineer there for a while. He later on went to England and produced a lot of stuff there for his Dr. Bird Pyramid label. So he produced the Skin and Moon Stomp album from Simmerip. Anyway, he was talking about the, the early days of of cutting records, especially for sound systems, because the sound system is one of the most bass possible, most low end. And if he was cutting a record on the lathe, you know, the master record, he said that in order to get to maintain the deepest low end possible and cut the record at a certain amount of lines per inch, two minutes and 50 seconds was the maximum amount of time that he could achieve just in that physical space and retain those sonic characteristics. So that was something that contributed to the general song length back in the 60s. And I would assume that applied to American too, but reading that gave more of a like a scientific precedent for keeping the song lengths the way that they are. And that obviously shows your your knowledge, and then that you're not trying to just you know emulate them, but you're actually really doing your research on the the history of just these recordings themselves. Thinking the other the other thing that I think is a big factor there is when, especially for the ska tunes on the record, when writing compositions that are you know the ska tunes with a lot of horn arrangements to them, I want the horns to be playing constantly. Cause you listen to those old Scottish records, and it, there's a horn line like a lick kind of going throughout the songs mostly. You know, you see them play live or the more recent recordings. 
recording so it's a longer sort of thing kind of a jazz format where everyone kind of gets a solo and then it's just the rhythm playing the whole time but with old recordings there's usually in addition to the, the main line and this horn, whatever horn solo there's a continual lick going throughout the record it's a pretty demanding thing on horn players so if you're in the studio and you want to get a great performance if you're you have like a six or seven minute long song and you have a horn player continually playing a lick throughout or the sax player blowing the ska on the sax you know, along with the piano and the guitar that can be pretty exhausting so that's uh, another reason to keep it keep it short and sweet mm-hmm. the album that's coming out is called firewall and there's actually a, there's a there's a title track for that as well which is this really kind of groovy uh, song was there any inspiration behind you know naming the album firewall i had that name before i wrote that song actually and kind of wrote the song to fit that name which is sort of bizarre and backwards from how i usually my my songwriting but i don't know i just like the the image that it evokes but i don't know i guess i haven't really thought about it too much lately it's just sort of been had a feeling about the name for quite a while so i know that's like that's the whole opposite answer from everything that i was just <laughs> talking about i don't really have a good good answer for you but i yeah was was trying to write a song with that theme mm-hmm. for quite a while and had had some that are in the in the dustbin of the musical I, part of my mind when i when i heard the the name firewalk what what immediately kind of popped in my head and and probably is not exactly where where you might have been coming from was almost this these the images of the old almost like exotica you know records that were coming out in like the 1950s where you had all this like the the Polynesian you know influence uh, coming into into that music and sound to it. I don't know for whatever reason. Yeah. Oh no. And I I totally get that too. That that aesthetic of those uh, like the 50s, 60s like lounge exotica mm-hmm. LPs. Yeah, because it, it it evokes the same kind of thing for me. But I didn't you know want to tie it directly to that. I'll have to think about that a little bit more. It's, it's in there somewhere. You know. I like the concept of fire as a metaphor or just a poetic device. And firewalk sort of alludes to a dance of sorts. But it's more than just a dance craze. It's more like a, a reason to dance, sort of out of passion, out of necessity, out of just overcoming whatever is attempting to hold you back. But it's interesting that you said that what it evoked for you. And I think that it's happy with it having that same sort of open interpretation to an extent <laughs> for uh, for others listening to it. Now, now one song that I can I can speak to that clearly there there's no room for open interpretation is the single Stop Them that you've actually released ahead of the album. This is a digital release. And with Stop Them, you're actually donating the proceeds from the, the sales of that digital single to the, the J20 Legal Defense Fund. For those that might not be aware, of what that is. This is a, de- a defense fund for those who were arrested during the Inauguration Day protest during Trump's inauguration. And I wanted to ask if for the song and for the, you know, the idea that you were going to donate the proceeds to, to the Legal Defense Fund, was there is there a, a chicken or the egg situation here? Was it a situ- sense of you knew you wanted to help this this cause and you wrote the single almost as a way to, to, to support that? Or you wrote the song and then, and then had the idea that oh, this would be great to have to use for the song to help raise the funds. Uh, kind of came together around the same time, I guess. Uh, Stop Them was the last tune that I wrote for the album and wanted to go toward, you know, more direct political route with it. I was listening to a lot of conflict at the time, which is definitely not a musical in- inspiration for the Prize Fighters, but, uh, you know, lyrically, uh, there's a line in one of their songs. It's, uh, if, they're not, if they don't fucking stop, then we're going to fucking stop them. Something like that. I'm confusing it with my own version of the, the lyrics from, from Stop Them, but uh, taking that more direct approach to songwriting 
was inspirational in saying, look, if it can speak to a message, then it can do even more than just share a message. So that was one of the ideas that I brought to the band as we were recording it in the studio that I'd like to release it and you know, a bit ahead of the album as a you know, teaser single, but use that as a way to both, I don't want to say bring awareness because I think everyone's kind of paying attention, but there needs to be more protest music going on. And you know, the sooner and more relevant it can be out, the better, I think, for it to be effective. And then if there's a way we can you know, monetize it to have the proceeds from the sale of it go toward a relevant political cause. And I think that at the time when I had that idea, I think it was before the charges were dropped against the people that were arrested on you know, bogus rioting charges and things like that during Trump inauguration. But I know they still have plenty of legal fees and a lot of lives have been destroyed just for people exercising their clear First Amendment rights. So yeah, it kind of happened in, in tandem, I'd say. You know, you kind of touched on a, on a few you know, great points there. You know, when you look back at, you know, the, some of the original ska music that was coming out and especially like the, the two-tone music that was coming out and all the, the, you know, very heavy, you know, anti-fascist lyrics there. It's really, I think it's really strong to see, you know, in, in modern times for, for uh, bands like the Prize Fighters, Fuss from DC has a great song called Riot on their, mm-hmm. on their, on their album that is kind of bringing in these, you know, bringing politics, you know, back into, into ska music back in the day. That was kind of there was a lot of that that was that was kind of underpinning uh, the music, and so you know to hear to hear it here as well you know, is just really is just really powerful. Well, I think it's really important too because I think for a lot of people growing up and you know, both finding their music and finding their voice, a lot of times those things really went hand in hand, and especially for a lot of people who grew up listening to ska and reggae music, a huge message of unity and anti-racism and anti-sexism, and uh, I don't want that to get lost you know I, like i said it was the last song that i wrote for the album and definitely felt that that was missing in all of my songwriting like i write a lot of stuff but it sometimes it takes me a couple of years to finish lyrics for a song you know it's and i think that realizing more that maybe my lyric writing process could be a bit more direct and the lyrics to stop them came together came together a lot quicker than a lot of the other songs that i've been working actually stuff for the record and it just it's clicked it's like yeah well this is something that i really care about and this is something that is important and it's not difficult to find the right words to say what i want to say in this context looking at you know your your two albums follow my sound which came out in i believe 2010 and now mm-hmm. firewalk coming out in 2019 so almost a, a nine-year spread between the dedicated prize fighter albums but you actually were able to collaborate and record an album with charlie organair uh, cameron back in 2014 i wanted to ask how that uh, that record collaboration actually came about uh well it started out with us performing with charlie in chicago for a couple shows so the first time we backed up jamaican artists we were doing a show with stranger cole and this was 2012 and we needed to get a harmonica player for the show so i had a friend jimmy becker in chicago who blues harmonica player but he even played uh he did some sessions in jamaica like at, at channel one in the late 70s early 80s so definitely a veteran of jamaican music played in blue rhythm band as well so he was going to play stuff with us and then was talking to, to chuck wren from jump up records and the guy who put together the, the concert the jamaican oldies series and Chuck was like, well, I thought that like the original dude was going to do it. And I was like, uh, what? 
And it uh, turns out that uh, Chema Scandal, who was working with Chuck to put the show together, had met up with Charlie, who'd been living in Chicago since 1975. And I, I had no idea. So it turned out that Charlie was going to do the harmonica duties on the few songs with Stranger that had, had harmonica. And I was just like, that was an incredible piece of news for me. And I was super excited about that. And, and uh, my friend Jimmy was happy to play uh, percussion for the, for the set because he's a good percussionist too. So no harm, no foul there. And there was a two-night show, so the first night was uh, Green Room Rockers backing up Pat Kelly, and Jimmy introduced me to Charlie at that show, and we just we just chatted the whole night, and we're just kind of you know, talking about a little bit about the set the next day, but we're chatting about music and life and all sorts of things, and, and yeah, we had the, re- the rehearsal with Stranger the next day, and Charlie was there and showed up, and it was so cool to see the reunion between them, because they hadn't seen each other, I think, since Charlie left Jamaica, so just seeing them catch up just as old friends do, and sharing stories, and it was just, it was wonderful. And since then, yeah, we just kept in touch with, with Charlie, you know, it's like, you know, chatting with him on the phone and, and working with him. So he, we worked with him again in Chicago a few months after that when we backed up Panton and Yvonne Harrison. And then um, eventually there was some interest in uh, some, from some promoters in Europe about wanting to do a tour with Charlie because Charlie's doing more of these um, you know, modern you know, revival scan reggae gigs. And we were going to go over there as his, as his backing band. So Chuck Ren thought it would be great if we could have some records to put out in support of that so we ended up flying charlie up here to do a session where we we did like six songs and uh yeah put out 345s jump up but on the, the organaires label which is charlie's original label that he had in uh jamaica and uh those eventually were put on a, a tour cd the charlie organaire meets the prize fighters that had three of our 45s on it and then the music from the 345s we did with charlie so that was the charlie organaire meets the prize fighters record you've actually been able to back up Derek morgan as well you know i think in, within the same you know contract of like the the jamaican oldies series and then so is there you have any future collaborations planned in the future with any of the other you know, still living Jamaican stars that are still performing? You know, we don't have anything currently in the works, but, you know, it's always fun to think about, you know, who would who would we like to collaborate with or, or back up. But yeah, as, as far as now, we were focusing on getting the new album together and, and recorded and everything. A couple of years there, we were focusing pretty much all of our energy on backing up other Jamaican artists and that was a wonderful experience and it, it took us to school I mean, really I mean it's like it's one thing to write songs and to choose covers to learn but when you're learning a whole set of somebody else's stuff and you, you know you're not just doing you know, Scottalite style Scott you're like okay well this is like a Baba Brooks style song with when he's like a Jumbago Arkland Park kind of drum beat not a Lloyd Nib beat and oh, this Rock City song was, you know, Carabeat, so I had to play guitar more like Bobby Aitken than like Lynn Tate. And really thinking critically about that, you know, it, it's great musical education, but at the same time, it doesn't really allow you pursue the other things that a band pursues, like, you know, working on a lot of your own original music and recording an album. So it's been kind of nice to have that time to work on our own stuff and, and grow as a band in this way. And I, I hope with this new album, people realize that we're not just a backing band, that we're we're writing our own music and we're we're doing it in that same style. But the experience of working with all the all these, you know, heroes of ours that we've been fortunate enough to play with has contributed a lot to the sound of the new album. So we're definitely up for it and, and open to it and um i guess once once the new album's out it's sort of uh be able to say okay well good we did that we got we got the album out finally you know where do we go from there speaking of that so the album firewalk comes out on february 15th on cd cassette and digital and there is an lp pressing planned for later this year 
And mm-hmm. so are you, are you uh, working on any tour plans to promote uh, the album, uh, even outside of just playing in the, in the Minnesota uh, area? Yeah, we're, we're starting to look for tour dates. I think we're going to try to make it out East Coast and along the way. And then over the summer, thinking maybe late July, still kind of you know, looking tentatively at some dates and different plans. So if anyone's out there and you're in a market or in a band and you're you know kind of along anywhere from minnesota to you know, new england east coast drop us a line we'd we'd love to know what's going on in your scene and if you want to have the prize fighters out there all right awesome i i do hope that you're able to make it out to the east coast i know new york city would would love to have you and and to hear you play oh yeah that's high on the list for sure so aaron again thank you very much for your for your time speaking with me today best of luck with the album with uh, your upcoming uh, tour plans and uh, maybe we'll uh, see each other face to face someday yeah thanks so much Ryan I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me about this you too bye so I really hope you enjoyed that interview uh, I had a great time uh, speaking with Aaron and I really do hope that uh, they are able to uh, make that uh, east coast tour work as I said I'd, I think New York New York City would love to have them uh, perform and perhaps uh, I'll uh, help set that up at some point uh, so, of course, uh, I would be remiss if we didn't listen to uh, a track off of Firewalk. And uh, because we talked about it so much uh, during the interview, we are going to listen to uh, Stop Them. And uh, so this is the Prize Fighters with Stop Them, right here on 100% Stop. <laughs> Beat them. Whoa. Beat them. 
such a great tune uh really really enjoy uh and enjoy listening to that uh track uh it's getting some uh heavy rotation for me as is the full album album uh i really really suggest uh you know if you if you like that track uh if you like that uh you know the the, the old school original uh style uh ska that uh you check them out uh they are well worth uh, your time so uh, as i mentioned a little bit before uh one of the one of the things i, I really do enjoy is uh, you know, discovering and finding new bands, whether they be uh, new bands or whether they be, you know, bands that have been around for a little while or may not even be uh, around anymore. And uh, that is the case with uh, the next track we're going to be listening to on this ne- on the next full set. Uh, this is, uh, I believe they are from uh, Switzerland. Uh, this is Open Season with Rocksteady Fever uh, right here uh, as you continue, continue to listen to 100% Sky. Catch it when you're bored, catch it playing any chord, catch it moving all your fingers up and down the keyboard, you catch it all alone. 
You better take care of an infection A rock steady fever You catch it every time with the open season Open season It's finally declared Open season You better get prepared Open season It's finally Infection, a rocksteady fever. You catch it every time with the open season. Rocksteady fever. You better take care of an infection, a rocksteady fever. You catch it every time with the open season. Rocksteady fever.
and welcome back. This is 100% Ska. I am your host, DJ Ryan Midnight, as always, broadcasting from our secret location deep in the heart of Jersey City. In the shadow of Manhattan, I can see it outside my window. Uh, you just heard Soul Radix with uh, Walk Your Own Line. Uh, before that, the Scofflaws with Rudy's Back. Uh, prior to that, uh, the St. Petersburg Ska Jazz Review uh, with their song Dupe. And starting us off there, uh, Open Season with Rock Steady Fever. Um, so what else do I got to tell you? Um, I didn't prepare any uh, upcoming show announcements for those that are local in the New York City area. Maybe I'll uh, prep that during the next uh, set. Uh, but I can tell you about uh, two shows uh, where you can see me play records for you. Uh, on uh, March 15th, that is in just one month, uh, you can catch me at Otto's Shrunken Head on uh, March 15th, uh, the Ides of March. Uh, from 6 to 10, doing my 100% ska show there. Uh, six hours. No, not six hours. I'm starting at six. Four hours of uh, non-stop ska. And then on uh, March uh, 29th, uh, from 10 till 4 a.m., at a Project Parlor in uh, Brooklyn. I'll be playing uh, ska, punk, 80s, schlock, new wave, uh, pretty much whatever uh, I throw into my, uh, my travel bin uh, before heading out, and uh, we'll have a real good time. So uh, either of those shows, uh, if you're local to the area or you will be local, uh, stop by, say hi, uh, you know, have some drinks, and uh, listen to some music. And uh, that is what we are going to do right now. Uh, no need to wait for a month. You can listen to music right now. Uh, we're going to get right back into it. Uh, this is Hepcat with Policewoman. This comes off of their debut, Out of Nowhere, right here on 100% Sky. Oh, <laughs> 
this is 100% Ska, and you just heard the usuals with It's Alright. Uh, before that was The Frighteners with Gonna Make Time, uh, The Slackers with I Still Love You before that, and finishing off the set, or I should say, starting off the set, not finishing off, starting off the set there, uh, was Hepcat with a Police Woman. And uh, whilst we were listening to those that music, I was uh, checking out the upcoming concert calendar. So let me tell you a couple shows that are uh, coming up. Uh, on uh, February, February 26th, uh, you can catch The Whalers at uh, Brooklyn Bowl. On uh, March 2nd at uh, the Rockwood Music Hall, you can catch The Big Takeover. Uh, and then the weekend of, I think it's the uh, May 17th, uh, for three days, the Slackers are going to be having their Slack Fest at uh, Kings, uh, Kingsland. Uh, that's out in Brooklyn as well. And they're going to be doing three nights of music, uh, with each night having its own very dedicated, specific uh, setup. So, like, one night's going to be, uh, like, their big hits or their big, you know, the bigger songs that everyone knows. Uh, one night is going to be, I believe it's, like, uh, all their, like, love songs. And then uh, the last night is going to be, I think it's, like, uh, the uh, like rarities, like stuff they like hardly ever play. Uh, so, and then they're gonna have opening, oh, different opening bands uh, each night, different DJs, and uh, it should be a very fun weekend. So check that out uh, as well, and uh, look around on your uh, local calendar uh, in your local city. Make sure you're looking for uh, local shows to hang to uh, check out because. Well, it's always fun to listen to music on your headphones, and I hope you do listen to me. Uh, it's The best way to do it is to go out and find uh, some bands and uh, listen to them out in the wild. And uh, that pretty much wraps it up. So thank you, as always, for uh, listening. Uh, if you are new to the show, uh, new, new to listening, depending on where you might be listening, uh, you can catch me on uh, djryanmidnight.com. You can listen to uh, all the older episodes uh, there. And... Uh, the other easy way to follow, to follow me is on uh, Facebook. I am there as uh, DJ Ryan Midnight as well. And then the show itself, uh, you can stream it and uh, subscribe to it wherever your, uh, you know, your favorite streaming services uh, and, and what have you are uh, available. Uh, so iTunes, uh, I'm on uh, Oh Google Play, I'm on uh, you know, RSS feed, you can subscribe via email. Uh, obviously, I, I, I post uh, individual episodes on uh, Mixcloud and uh, Soundcloud, so uh, you've got your choice of uh, places to listen. So thank you, as always, as I said, uh, for listening and uh, to end the show. So uh, again, if you're newer to the show, the what I've started to do here uh, to finish off each episode is to highlight a band whose releases are or have been always... Uh, as either digital or CD only, so they never had any uh, record presses, and uh, I thought it would be you know start to be important to highlight some of that music. So this episode, um, I'm actually going back into those uh, hedonistic '90s, as I mentioned, you know that whole uh, teenage ska angle, and we're going to be listening to a track from uh, the Skunks. They are, they, or they were. I mean, they've been, they've unfortunately been broken up for quite some time. Uh, the Skunks were a, uh, a band out of D.C., uh, and I think were really prominent uh, in the scene at that time. Uh, you know, they were usually one of the big five, big ten that you would always, always listen, listen to uh, and name off as some of your favorite bands, and uh, they certainly were one of mine. And uh, what we're going to be listening to today to finish off the show 
Uh, this comes off of their second and last CD release uh, on Moon Records. This is from the album No Apologies, and the song is Sorry. Oh, and uh, sorry about that. Haha. <laughs> Um, so again, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week.
Kazuwa Seiya, Kazuwa Seiya.